Today in Science from Wired. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a family moved to Napa and created one of the largest private wineries in the world. Build a thermoelectric generator like the ones that power deep space missions by Rhett Allen. The phrase heat engine might trigger some bad memories from your introductory thermodynamics course. But don't worry, I'm going to show you the coolest heat engine you could possibly image. The thermoelectric generator, TEG. The basic idea behind a heat engine is to draw some useful energy out of a temperature difference. This output energy could be mechanical or electrical and other weird stuff. But there's a very basic example that you've probably seen, the steam engine. You heat up some water to make steam, which can expand and push something. Then it condenses to let something shrink. For the steam engine to work at all, you need the outside temperature lower than the temperature of steam, or the steam would never condense. And in fact, all heat engines depend on a difference in temperature. Now for the simplest heat engine you will ever see. You can even make this yourself. You just need a paper clip and a bare copper wire, or any two different metal wires. I'm assuming this is a steel paper clip. Cut the paper clip in two parts, and then connect each part to one end of the copper wire. Seriously, this setup alone is going to be a thermoelectric generator. How cool is that? In order to get this to work, just put one end of the copper steel junction into something hot and the other copper steel junction into something cold. The two free ends of the paper clip will be the output of this generator. Since this isn't a very efficient thermoelectric device, I'm just going to connect the output to a voltmeter. For my hot end, I'm going to use a hot plate and the cold end is going to be salt and ice which is colder than just plain ice. From the voltmeter, I'm getting 1.2 millivolts. That's not much, but it is something. What you are seeing here is the Seebeck effect, named after Thomas Seebeck. The two different metals together at two different temperatures can create an electric current. The effect is more pronounced with the larger temperature difference, and some metal combinations work better than others. But there it is, your thermoelectric generator. Actually, you can make a better generator by using a semiconductor instead of two different metals, but the two-metal version is way easier to build. Here's a demo with a semiconductor. The device is sandwiched between two aluminum legs, with one leg in hot water and the other in cold water. The output from the device is going into a small electric motor on top. So how does this work? 
Why does a difference in temperature for different metals produce an electric current? I'm not going to go into the full story since that would take way too long. But here's my super short answer: an electric conductor has free charges that can move about somewhat. When you apply an electric field, these charges move and create an electric current. Normally, we think of these charges as electrons, but it could be something else. If you take a metal and make one end hot and the other end cold, the electrons on the hot side will have more energy and move about more. These hot electrons spread out, and on the cold end, the electrons have less energy. The amount of charge separation depends on the particular metal. Now, take another metal with two ends at different temperatures. But since this metal is different than the first one, it will have a different charge separation on the hot and cold ends. When these different metals are put together, they will form a type of battery. Not a very good battery, but still, it's like a battery. And boom, there's your thermoelectric generator. If you are thinking about building a thermoelectric generator to power your house, I have some bad news. These things are very inefficient. You need pretty big temperature differences to get something useful out of them. However, there is also some good news. These thermoelectric generators have no moving parts. No moving parts means they are small and quite reliable, and this is why they are used in some spacecraft like Voyager, Cassini, and others. In order to make a temperature difference, the spacecraft will use a radioactive source that stays very hot. And really, that's it. That's how your radioisotope thermoelectric generator (RTG) works. It's just like the paperclip and copper wire generator, except that it's way better. But wait, there's more. You can do something else with two different metals. What if I use the same two metals, but instead of putting the ends at different temperatures and getting a voltage, I connect them to a battery? Also, I will put the two ends in water just to make it a little bit easier to measure the temperature. In order to get a measurable effect, I made two changes. I'm using nichrome wire instead of steel, and I made multiple junctions in series. Both beakers of water start off at room temperature. There are some extra wires. These are to measure the temperatures of the two amounts of water amount the same. Now, when I hook up a D cell battery, I can measure the temperature as a function of time. I should see one beaker of water increase in temperature and the other decrease, but it doesn't quite work. I need to perhaps improve my setup. But something like this should work. This is called the Peltier effect. When it works, it's the opposite of the Seebeck effect. Here is a better demonstration. If I take the electric motor off the thermoelectric generator, I can apply a voltage. In this case, one side gets warm and the other side gets cold. You could feel it with your hands, but that doesn't work over the internet. Yes, this is basically a refrigerator. It's not very efficient in cooling things, but you can make a super small device that can decrease the temperature of something without any moving parts. The Peltier coolers are very useful in cameras that are very sensitive to thermal noise. They are also very useful for keeping your drink cold while you're driving in your car. They even make thermoelectric wine coolers, the other name for a Peltier cooler. Okay, there is one last thing you can do with two different metals, just in case you don't want to build a radioactive thermoelectric generator. You can use the two different metals to measure temperature. Yes, that sensor I placed in the beaker of water worked by measuring the voltage produced by two different metals with a temperature difference. If you can do all this with just two pieces of metal, just imagine what you could do with three. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this family created one of the largest private wineries in the world right now. We started making wine in 1948, one bottle at a time. Today, we produce nearly 20 million cases a year. Chubb has helped us grow for the past 30 years. They helped us prevent equipment problems during harvest and provided guidance when we started exporting internationally. Now we're working with them on cybersecurity. 
My grandfather taught me to make a wine that over-delivers. Chubb over-delivers. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.